0: Hello, you lot. I'm HL, and this is my podcast. Just, 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 just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. <laughs> Hello, happy Saturday. Um, it's Saturday in my world. I don't actually know if this is going to go up on a Saturday, but regardless, happy Saturday, and I guess I'm just going to go with happy posting day, no matter what day it posts, I guess. Happy Saturday. Happy posting day. What's up, bitches? So today I'm going to go through basically what I would ask of guests. Um, I swear to God, I'm going to say um less this time. Do you know how many ums I had to edit out of my introductory episode? Literally 22 minutes of my voice and just 8 billion ums. So I'm going to work on that. But, I'm going to basically go through what my questions for guest people will be. I'm going to cover, I don't know, the basics of what I would ask of other people that wanted to be on the podcast, one, to give people the idea of what I'm going to ask and what I'm going to cover, Two to two, two, two twos, two, also in order to make it, like, a decent introduction, I guess. I know that the introductory episode was kind of short and, like, let's throw some shit together, and today has a lot more, um... See, I did it again. Motion? I know I said oomph last time, but it's not really oomph. It's more a well-put-together actual system. So, I'm gonna go through that system today for my own answers so i'm gonna i'm gonna preface everything with the actual question that i would ask so i have it in like italics like tell me about blah 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 and then the actual answer so i have most of these answered in my little google doc by myself but i may very well stray off of what i (laughs) have written because we know me and i tend to um stray the the first question here the first little topic here is tell me about your history and it's more of a like paint me a picture and not a you know tell me about the time that you got saved or like tell me about growing up in the church but like how you came to your beliefs as a person me myself I started to wear a cross my junior year of high school so I didn't want to be alone I don't want to dog on my parents, but neither of them were with me at the time. So I was living with my grandma and my grandma is a saint and just astounding, but you need your parents. So I started looking for comfort in something equivalent to my parents, bigger than my parents. You know, we always call him God the Father. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll test out this God the Father thing. So oddly, at the same time, I, I didn't even think that Jesus was real. I just thought that he was a lovely story that a lot of people built themselves around. More on that later, about about my thoughts about Jesus. But I was actually saved um, sophomore year of college. I think it was the summer, summer after sophomore year of college. My dear, darling, best friend from kindergarten, literally I've known this girl for my entire life. Um, what's up, Shay? I love you. She hoodwinked me into going to what we lovingly call Jesus Camp. I'd never been to Jesus Camp a day in my life. I used to go to youth group when I was in middle school, and it was just kind of, I really liked to sing the songs, and I didn't really have a recognition of what was going on. This was my, my first introduction into, like, actual religion, I guess, but at the time, Shay was holding uh, baby Ethan, who was less than a year at the time. He must have been around six or seven months, and he was playing with a bracelet that I had on my right wrist. Mega vulnerability, because that's what this podcast is about, and that's what we do here. I started self-harming in middle school, and it was always on my right side. So right wrist, right hip, right leg. You, can, you can't really see the scars anymore because it's been such a long time. I've been clean for a really long time, thank you Jesus but Ethan was sitting on my right side and was playing with this bracelet on my right hand and while the pastor said something along the lines of and it's it's a classic line in the church so they think it's funny that it's the one that struck me by the grace of God we are saved and at the same time that he said that Ethan put his hands on my scars and not on my bracelets and so this was that was my actual conversion experience was this this little baby child was a a message from Jesus that he was like, hey, I'm real and I'm sorry that you went through so much, but I'm here. Um, and that's that's kind of what I understood that moment to be. So that was like the, the realization I had where I was like, oh, Jesus is a thing and Jesus loves me and Jesus is really sad that I went through so much that made me feel shitty enough to hurt myself. I was saved in a very conservative Christian church and that's not to say that they're wrong or what have you it just means that i i didn't fit in i spent a lot of time not fitting in ergo the scars but anyway um i felt unwanted by the church a lot and not just because of who i am but because of what i believe so things like you know homosexuality isn't a sin tattoos are not of the devil and premarital sex isn't horrible Blah 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 so these were you know sermons that were like you have a tattoo you should regret it and if you don't regret it you are of the devil. Like, that kind of thing. I'm not being extreme about it. Like, it actually, yeah. So, anyway, I church hopped, um, and I'll own it. Like, I I ran away from people that were telling me, you know, quote-unquote hard facts about faith and about God and about the Bible and the sort, because I didn't want to be in a place that made me feel shitty about myself, like, to be completely honest, because I- think that church is a place where you should be connecting to Papa and connecting to to friends and family and the sort instead of being ostracized and being told that you're being ostracized by God more on that later so I I found a church where I felt comfortable and happy and then I moved to Boston and I kind of forgot about God so I moved to Boston about a year ago and basically the only time that I talked to Papa was like to ask him to help me make ends meet or ask him to help me to get a job and not to thank him or to be grateful or the sort. He wasn't like a daily figure in my life really. And then I met my dear friend Rachel on the street who is a member of Youth With A Mission Boston. Well now she's YWAM Pittsburgh but you get it. So she, I was I was walking a dog because that's what I was doing to make ends meet at the time and a little group of the YWAM evangelist troop came around. And they were like, oh, hey, Jesus is a thing. And I was like, oh, shit, Jesus is a thing. And it kind of revamped my, not my faith, but it revamped my my dedication to Jesus. So it reminded me that Jesus is there and he misses me. And I was like, oh, shit, I should, I should get back on that. Like, that's a relationship that I need to be a part of. And so um, they helped me to find a church. And I dove right in and I felt right at home until recently. If you haven't listened to the introductory episode, here's the abridged version. It's a script. Ready? Me. I'm gay. Church. Awesome. Feel free to do that. Church behind closed doors. We gotta get her out of here. That's the abridged version. So I'm in a transitional period again, so I'm I'm church hopping again. I'm I'm gonna own it. I'm just not feeling like oh choo choo. There it is. Get that choo choo. That's a Saturday choo choo completely different than a sunday choo-choo anyway in a transitional period again where i want to be someplace where i'm reminded of jesus because jesus is just this is jesus is acceptance and love no matter who you are or what you're doing and i like to be a part of people who are actually demonstrating that and rather being more like jesus so i'm searching for people that are just like jesus name drop so a lot of my beliefs are reflected in the book and the film the shack if you haven't watched it like literally stop this episode and go find it like i i'm pretty sure it's on youtube i know this right now because i'm actually using a line from it in order to to prove my point here but it's it absolutely changed my perspective so the ultimate belief i have is that papa loves you no matter who you are or what you're doing or where you come from and he made you and he knows you and he knows that no matter what bad things you do or what bad things you are that you're what is it beautifully and wonderfully made that you're his child no matter what and that's that's what matters to god so those are those are my core beliefs there the next topic here is what are your beliefs about traditional beliefs? And I mean the Bible, the church, the gentrification of Christianity, that sort of thing. I think, and this was this was a, a, a conversation that I had with my mom when I was relatively young. I think that the Bible is a really well put together collection of stories. I do think that some of it is historical, but a lot of it, especially the the portions that don't have authors just don't carry very much water for me. If you think about the era that the Bible was written in, we didn't have very much knowledge at the time. If you think about things like premarital sex, and this is getting into the next topic, but I'm going to preface it. If you think about things like premarital sex, there are two legitimate reasons that I can think God would want you to avoid premarital sex, and one really big reason it was probably made into law by some patriarchal asshole with a beard, right? So, the two reasons I can think that papa wouldn't want premarital sex is because raising a kid on your own sucks. So, if you have an oops baby and some asshole you're not married to bails on you, then you're raising that kid on your own. Being the kid of a single mother, I know that it's an absolute shit show to do. Papa wouldn't want that for you. So, papa wouldn't want premarital sex. Also, because it sucks to be that vulnerable with somebody and then watch them walk away. So, if you've been used for sex before, you are fully aware of how much it absolutely sucks to give a portion of yourself to a person and have them be like, Alright, later days. Latter days. Oh god, Sway did that to me the other day. My best friend was like, Latter days, lol, and now I'm gonna use it fucking constantly. Anyway, so, those those are the only two reasons, like, legitimate reasons I could think that God himself would be like, hey, please don't have premarital sex. And that's because he's worried about our hearts, not because he's worried about anything else, right? It's not like an be obedient to God thing. It's a, hey, take care of yourself thing. Um, I'm, I'm umming. Um, see? <laughs> God damn it. So, if you think about the fact that people of this age didn't have science or medicine or thorough thinking or what have you, obviously everything they don't know comes from the devil, right? So people are having premarital sex and they start to have warts in unsavory places and they start to die of what we now know are STDs and STIs and the sort and at the time they don't know that so they deduce it to the, the common denominator which is oh you've been having sex with like six people out of marriage which means you're being punished by God. So you you have these little warts and this nastiness because you're being punished by God. I I think of this a lot in terms of like Leviticus and the sort. I haven't run the numbers but I'm pretty sure that this argument of the the Bible was written in a time that we didn't have what we have now the knowledge we have now I I don't know, I haven't run the numbers, but I'm pretty sure like 80% of Leviticus could be just totally destroyed (laughs) by, you know, the idea that the population has changed and grown and that sort of thing. The next topic we have is what beliefs do you have that are contrary to the traditional beliefs? Maybe it's because I'm worldly and I wasn't born in the church and I don't have the same upbringing as proper christian people and i haven't had the opportunity to realize that these are god's true wishes you know maybe i was just born into a little bit more sin than everybody else was i don't know i'm sure that papa and i will have a very serious conversation about it when i see him but i have a ton of beliefs that are contrary to the big bad book right so i have a ton of practices that basically are always going to label me as a heathen like i really like beer i'm actually a bigger fan of wine than i am of beer beer's too sugary which is probably the most ironic thing I'm going to say today. Things like, like, like I said, premarital sex and homosexuality. I don't think that homosexuality is a sin. I think that transgenderness, which is totally a word now. I don't know if transgenderness is a word, but I'm using it. I think that transgenderness is, it's, it's absolutely valid. And I think that that money is, is kind of important. So there are, certain things that i'm always going to believe that do not coincide with what a true christian is called right so to the true christian i'm i'm not a christian so i don't know if you noticed but last week oh it's been a week last week i talked a lot about being a christ follower and not a christian i've i've moved away from the thought of being a christian and more of following christ i know that the two are supposed to mean the exact same thing but being a christian has been lumped in a lot with the religious movement and i don't need to partake in that more on that later so our next topic is tell me your thoughts about jesus so like i said i i legit didn't think that jesus was real until English until my conversion experience so I mean there's no proof like the tomb is empty right I know that's like the whole point but I was like I I mean is there actual proof that he lived so now that I know him spiritually I can tell you that my faith rides completely on Jesus I'm got tattoos for Jesus I'm a huge fan of Jesus I Jesus and I are homies I think that all of his stories are true and not just because they're told by different people in different perspectives that all end up being approximately the same story. So logically, it makes sense that his story is relevant and true because of that, but also because his impact is tangible. So in me, in other people, etc. The next topic of discussion is what are your thoughts around the church? And that's capital T, capital C, the church. So see, here's, here's the thing. The church tells you that everything is about our relationship with God. That's the whole reason Jesus came, right? Was to bridge the gap between us and God. And yet, they don't treat you like Jesus would treat you. So, I just, I can't imagine Jesus running my church and being like, Oh, I'm sorry, you're gay, you can't preach here. I can imagine Jesus going, Oh, you're gay, let's let's talk about that and find a common ground. I can see Jesus going, you know, fucking john eight on these bitches you without sin cast the first stone shit i think there's a lot of hypocrisy in the church and that's why i have such an issue with being part of the church is that there's all of this holier than thou and then all these statements that are oh no no but we're not holier than thou so there's just constant double backing double double back is that a thing backing saying one thing and doing the complete opposite so in both the hypocritical sense and the just personal sense i mean just you're supposed to be people of really high standard and really high morals and you're you're fucking not i just don't think that people practice being just like jesus like they should name drop number two what's well, good the next topic of discussion is how do you feel about religion as a whole and literally on my notes here i have dude fuck religion as a whole so (laughs) there's this line in the shack i talked about this earlier that i was going to use this line in the shack so hang on a second i'm gonna play it for you saying that these are the literal words of jesus but this is basically what i think about religion so i think that religion is just a set of rules to make us feel like disappointments and hold us to super high standards knowing that we're never going to meet those standards and then use that against us so i think that the religion makes people feel way shittier instead of helping people to to find a relationship whether that's with other people, whether that's with God, whether that's with themselves for the love of God. I just think that that what religion actually does is pull us further away from a meaningful relationship. So I do think that religion can be kind of a segue into discovering your own territory with God, to discovering your own place with God, but I I just don't think that religion pulls us into our own individual experience with God. So, I think that religion can be a segue, but I definitely don't think that religion is the end-all be-all in relationships with God. Um, I think that a lot of people don't see it that way, too. So, I think that because religion is so engrossed in our lives, I mean, to the point where it's in our politics, here's a little auditory visual for you because that makes total sense so here we are in my left hand there is the church and in my right hand there is the state those are two very different hands but as of late or i mean as of forever basically because we did come over to the states in order to have religious freedom and then you know killed people who were already practicing religious freedom we have pulled those two hands together. So those two hands are now one hand, right? So we basically have constructed our entire lives around religion when it's not, one, applicable to everybody, and two, not sustainable for everybody. So not everybody, one, is going to have a relationship with God, and not everyone, two, is going to believe the exact same things that religion believes in or religion tells you to believe in or the sort of thing like that. So religion is not a sustainable way to run a country. Maybe it's a sustainable way to to run a house. Yeah, I mean there's a set of rules, there's guidance, there's what have you, but you can't put put you can't put everybody up to the exact same standards and then think that they're all going to be successful. So think about standardized testing, right? That you give, what's that comic or whatever? That's like standardized testing and it compares it to telling a fish, an elephant, a bear and a rabbit to climb a tree. Like the fish is never gonna be able to climb that fucking tree. There's just no, I mean, unless you like slingshot him into the tree, which apparently was my first idea instead of just putting the fish in the tree <laughs> slingshots are much more effective but it's it's the same thing with religion like you're you're telling people from different backgrounds from different you know mindsets from different personalities from different x y z q r that They need to live by this standard in order to be acceptable in God's eyes. Let me tell you something. You're already acceptable in God's eyes. Um, And this is kind of me preaching. I'm going to own that. But you were made by God. So you can't surprise him, okay? I didn't spend very much time being upset that I was bisexual right i I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about oh god isn't going to love me because i like girls it was never actually something that crossed my mind so i didn't have that struggle um i actually didn't come out until last year because i didn't really recognize that it was something that i needed to tell people because it's always kind of been like a fact of life for me i'm just like you know I, i like boys and i like girls and that's just how it is And then I kind of recognize that I should own that part of myself. So it's just like another portion of my personality. Like I'm a caregiver. I want to provide for as many people as I can. I'm a, I'm a fucking social worker by day and a doula by night. I mean, all I do is support other people. Like if I wasn't being compassionate and giving my all for another person I don't know, what the fuck I'd be doing? So that's that's a portion of my personality, right? A per- per- person or my personality. Me being bisexual is just another portion of that personality that's just who I am as a person so let's clear this up right quick being gay is not a choice those who say when did you choose to be gay I say when did you choose to be straight you didn't because God made you that way i I also have a lot of thoughts on that that go into like evolution and the sort um which is probably something that I'll talk about in a bit because I have a pick a random topic, so I'm, I'm going to talk about that a lot later. Ultimately, the point here is that God created your personality. He had his hands on you before you were even a glimmer in your parents' eyeballs. He absolutely has nothing but love for you. That's fucking bottom line here. So, next topic is how do you see God and how do you talk to God? And I ask this question because I think that there are a lot more answers to it than just, oh, I pray. And I think a lot of people do see God, but they just don't recognize it. So, I see God in simple things like flowers and uh, butterflies, usually. Because butterflies are, are astounding to me. I see God in the cosmos. I see God in really cool shit that happens in science which sounds a little weird, but I mean, like, um, things like natural patterns. Like, there are, um, shells or animals or the sort that grow in literal perfect mathematic form, and if that's not divine intervention, I don't know what is, right? So, I mean, things that happen naturally and the, incredible beautiful things that happen in our world happen because they're touched by god even if that's at the very beginning or if that's you know while it's happening or what have you but like the beautiful things in our world don't always just happen just like the evil things in our world don't always just happen it's an action that someone does to the point i see god in in a lot of things like that and i see god in um, powerful relationships. I see God in worship music a lot. Uh, those moments where you get like the goosebumps when you're singing a song, the sort of thing. But I also um, very literally see God. So I'm going to get a little hokey on you for a moment. I think hokey is the word I want to use. Hang on. <laughs> I'm going to look up the word hokey and see if it's actually applicable to the corny, obviously contrived, phony, right? Okay. So Hokey. This is actually what I want to use. Hokely is the adverb, by the way, in case you were wondering. You learned something today, and it was the word hokely, Um and transgenderness, which I used earlier. You can use both of those. I mean, go for it. It's going to sound a little hokey, but my, my father reads what are called the Akashic Records. So let's tippy type this in here. Akashic Records. On the Akashic Records of AkashicRecordsOfSouls.com what are the akashic records so i'm reading directly from akashic records of souls.com the akashic records are the energetic records of all souls about their past lives the present lives and the possible future lives each soul has its akashic record like a series of books with each book representing one lifetime the hall, or library, of the Akashic records is where all soul's Akashic records are stored energetically. In other words, the information is stored in the Akashic field, also called the zero-point field. The Akashic records, however, are not a dry compilation of events they also contain our collective wisdom. Wisdom, You can read your Akashic records. It takes some practice, but you don't need to be a guru. Um, maybe I want to be a guru, but whatever. The real question is, how do you utilize this information? The Akashic Records are a great resource, but it's only a resource. How you utilize it in your life is up to you. Basically, if you've ever seen the movie Epic, it's an animated movie with uh, Beyonce as the queen, which, (laughs) obviously. But it's this movie where this this girl um, gets shrunk down, to maybe the size of an ant maybe smaller and she's cruising around with all of these little wild beasties and trying to get this seed and blah 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 i'm not gonna like tell you the whole story of what happens but essentially they're looking for um a record so they go into this little like cavern thing where all of these moths are writing down everything that's happening in every moment so like there's a scroll for every moment in every corner of the kingdom right so it's a record of exactly what's happening at every given moment and that's essentially what the akashic records are except exclusively for your soul let's add reincarnation into the list of things that i believe that are (laughs) against the uh, normal christian beliefs this is because god promises us eternal life, and repetitive lives sound basically the same as eternal life to me. So, that's that's where I sit on that issue. Anyway, the first time that I actually saw God was not a physical manifestation of God, but I was in the Akashic Records. So my father reads these Akashic Records and he used to, well, I I think he still does. Um, If you're in Colorado and you're on meetup, look up Akashic Record meetups because my father runs badass meetups. That was a, an absolutely relentless plug for my father. He also has a website. It's called akashaman.com, that's A-K-A-S-H-A-M-A-N.com, because my father is a badass, and he needs to be plugged here, but he's, he's really, really good at his job, and so he was running these guided meditations right where he would lead you into your own akashic record so the way he did it is he he leads you into your own temple and this is completely a temple of your making and so it's just like by the seat of your pants what your little heart desires as a temple and i mean that can change every time it can it cannot you you get to your temple and um You know, there are, there's the keeper of your records is there, there are spirit guides, there are, it's just, it's all sorts of shit that you can access, uh, where you can read about past lives, or have visions of past lives, or connect with your spirit guides, or ask questions, or the sort So, the first time that I saw God was actually in one of these meditations, where I was at my temple, and I was doing something else, I don't remember, I was like up in the library or something, and I came back down, and there's a giant like foyer area in the temple, like the middle of the temple is just like super high ceiling, like think cathedral style, right, like the ceilings just go for fucking ever, and then stained glass windows, and you know, arches, and blah, 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 so that's the middle of my temple, and so the middle of my temple was covered in, like, sparkles, so if you had, like, brought all the stars down into one room, that's what it looked like, and at one point, I just realized, like, oh, this is God, and so that's what I said out loud, I was like, whoa, God, and then everything, like, expanded, and I felt all the tingles, and, like, crazy shit oh wow this is really god and so that was the first time that i tangibly experienced god i could could feel him in my meditative state and i could feel him you know on my body outside of the meditative state and that that was like my first legit experience where i was like oh i can access god at any time so i've since then used a lot of my meditations and my you know, guided practices to talk to Papa about things. So if it's, I'm, I'm having difficulty with something, as well as doing things like praying, asking Papa for guidance, that sort of thing, I'll actually go into the records or I'll go into a meditation and I'll be like, Papa, I know you're here, show me something. Give me some sort of guiding light, blah, blah, blah. Um, sometimes he acquiesces, acquiesced. Fuck, I tried to use a fancy word and it didn't work. Sometimes he acquiesce ah, nope sometimes he 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 does it sometimes he, i ask him for x and he hands me x and sometimes he goes he hee no um which is is a lot of fun i did that actually with a job interview i had a job interview and they offered me a job and i was like can i get back to you and i did a meditation and i was like hey god should i take this job and he was like i don't know should you which sounds again really hokey that i had that experience with god but it's it's totally true i have like actual tangible experiences with god because i do these these meditations so that's how i see god but i think what's really important about this question to answer as well is how do you talk to god so i talk to god like a friend and i i talk to god like okay so in the shack I'm I'm, I'm like literally I'm just gonna name this episode the fucking shack in the shack at the very beginning god is a black woman like a big boisterous black woman and the the main character Mackenzie is like wait what the fuck is going on like I'm I'm sorry I thought you were like big white bearded dude in the sky and that kind of taught me that that god can be whatever you need him to be, whatever form, um, whatever person. God can be a father. God can be a mother. God can be a partner. God can be, you know, a best friend. God can be a, a distant cousin that you call once in a blue moon to say happy birthday on the day that isn't their birthday. You know, God can be anybody. So I talk to God like he is anybody. I talk to God like he is exactly what I need in that moment. So if in a moment I need a husband i talk to god like he's my husband if in a moment i need a father i talk to god like he's a father it's always to me been a really personal connection i think that's that's really what matters is having that person-to-person connection and not a deity to lowly servant connection like it said in that that clip from the shack you know I i don't want service i want friends i want family to live life with And that's what I actually think that that God wants from us. And so that's what I practice in speaking to God and being with God. I am with God like I'm with a friend. It does a lot more for my mental health, honestly. And I know that sounds really weird, but to think that I am not going through life, stumbling through life, fucking everything up that God would want from me but rather being able to to go home to god and be like hey i tried this and it didn't work and for him to just hug me up and be like hey it's it's gonna be okay we'll try again tomorrow instead of you know how dare you not keep my commandments rah 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 so i i think that i probably have a really different perspective on god than a lot of people do which i mean is why i do the podcast right that's why i want people on the podcast is so i can have those differing perspectives of do i actually see god more similar to people than i think or do i see god way differently than i think is it valid to see well okay Let's pull that back. It's completely valid to see God in any way that you need to. It's completely valid to talk to God in any way that you need to. If that's the traditional you follow these steps in order to pray to God for him to hear you, go for it. You know me, I'm I'm wicked accepting of anything that anyone needs. Ultimately, that's that's my answer to that question. My next topic of discussion is how do you think God acts or sees? the world do you think he punishes us do you think he lets us be i actually stole this question from aj so my boyfriend talked about god being like a benevolent overlord or a maleficent overlord or he used really big words and i was like babe i have no idea what you're talking about right now so i kind of put it in layman's terms where it was you know how do you think that god acts or sees the world so that's, a, I think, another really big reason that I don't mesh well with the Old Testament. Um, because I I don't believe God has human emotions. Um, not human emotions to the point where he's angry and is going to take revenge. I don't think that God is spiteful. I don't think that God is jealous. I don't think that God is i mean rude let's be honest he was fucking rude to like a lot of people in the old testament like he threw lightning at people and you know that to me sounds way more greek than anything else i mean the greek gods were very much humanoid and i don't think that god himself is very humanoid i think that he has emotions and tendencies beyond what the human brain can identify with right so it's the idea of like agape love agape love is something that you get to witness in your life maybe twice it's that deep absolutely unconditional love that's a you could kill someone and i would still love you kind of love and that's what papa has for us right and so that's completely different than like i don't know if i killed someone i'm pretty sure my dad would still There for me, but I think my mom would be a little wary, you know. (laughs) Like, as humans, usually our love has conditions, and that's not how God works. I I don't think that's how God worked at the very beginning, I don't think that's how God works now. So, I have a lot of issue with the Old Testament because I don't think that God punishes us, I don't think that God takes revenge on things. I also don't think that God picks sides in stuff like war and the sort, like, hey i'm more faithful than that guy so you should kill that guy like that's the ultimate holier than thou right anyway i also think that we have free will i think that papa gives us a lot of paths um i think that papa gives us a lot of opportunities so papa says a is the right answer but i'm gonna give you a and b and you pick b and later on, Papa goes, okay, you picked B, so A is still the right answer. Here's A and C, and you pick C. And Papa's like, fuck, okay, you picked B, and then you picked C, so now we're on C. A is still the right answer, A or D. And eventually, he just he keeps hounding you with A until you're like, oh, fuck, A is the right answer. I should have picked A all along. And Papa goes, Yeah you know. So I don't think that he's angry the entire time that you're avoiding his divine intervention. <laughs> But, you know, I think that he has a lot of say in what happens to us, but I think that he also gives us a lot of room to decide who we are and what we're doing. You know, I don't think that I'm a social worker because God wants me to work for this certain company and make this amount of money, right? I think that God is providing me with an opportunity and a path. those sort of things. So I absolutely believe in free will because it would be scary as fuck to think that all of our um, actions are predetermined. The bigger portion as to why I think that God gives us free will is because he loves us too much to set us up for failure. You know, we we live in a fallen world, but not to the point where God would go, okay, now you're stuck with this sin forever. Um, Good luck, knowing that there's already an end to it. I just don't think that God is malevolent like that. I'm pretty sure malevolent is the word that I want to use, but I'm I'm not 100% on that. (laughs) The next subject here is how do you build your life around your beliefs and how do your beliefs build your life? I covered that a lot in the last episode, so this one's going to be pretty brief. Um, I live life off of Jesus's two commandments. I do this to the point where like I call people honey in traffic like when they piss me off like if somebody cuts me off I'm like okay honey and then I like say a prayer like obviously that person needs to be somewhere really fast so I pray that Jesus is with them and keeps them safe and like the sort. I would say that that Jesus permeates basically every corner of my life, every, every space of my life that could possibly be filled by Jesus is doesn't say that I'm constantly aware of that. Uh, I struggle with anxiety and depression. And so it's hard for me sometimes to remember that I constantly have somebody that's looking out for me. Sometimes I come home and cry and eat macrons and watch anime, which is what happened this week. I had a panic attack at my desk and that's exactly what I did is I came home and I ate macrons and I watched anime um, and I cried on the couch. And there are times where that happens and that's just what takes over and not prayer and not, you know, seeking God and common Jesus practice. I guess. Sometimes it's difficult to reach out to God. Sometimes prayer seems tedious. Sometimes reading your Bible seems like an absolute pain in the ass, like a chore, like definitely something that you don't want to do, which probably means that you should do it. Um, I've always kind of felt that way about stuff where you're like, oh, well, I should, but I don't want to. Like, you you should probably just go do that thing. Like, suck it up. Quit being... pussy and just go do the thing. That being said, I'm probably gonna do yoga after this because I should probably do yoga. Even though I don't want to, it's Saturday afternoon and I have nothing else to do today. So yoga is probably on the top of the list there. But I just try really hard to be good to people. I try really hard to be accepting of people. And I try really hard to be someone to lean on for people who are making progress. That's not just me as a social worker, that's just kind of me as a person. So like as a social worker, what I do at work is make these Um, individualized action plans is what we call them so those are our treatment plans where i ask my client hey what do you want to work on and they say i'd like to use public transportation and i say great and so i make them goals on public transportation like sarah sarah is not a client of mine that's not a hipaa violation that's just a random name sarah is going to use the commuter rail three times a month for the next three months like that sort of thing In being a support, I'm going to help her find the schedules. I'm going to help her deal with any ambivalence she has or any anxiety she has about using the train. Those sort of things. That idea is applicable everywhere in my life. So I learned probably the hard way that you can't fix people, right? So you can be there for people and you can support people, but if you recognize that they have an issue, you can tell them as many times as you want that they have an issue and how to solve that issue, but unless they recognize it for themselves and want to solve that issue, you're not going to fucking solve that issue. It's kind of like that with with alcoholism, right? So, some people just have to reach rock bottom in order to recognize that they need help, and that, that happens with a lot of things, and it's it's as simple as, you know, your job or something like that. It's There's a lot that happens in this world that drags you down and that's easy to change but it's never really something that you think about a lot of the time so it's difficult to figure those things out for yourself because we're held to such standards and the sort that we should be doing this that and the other you know you should be getting a degree in business and not in music you should be getting a job at A fortune 500 company and not starting your own business like those sort of things we were held to these standards and, and told that we need to perform certain things so it's really hard to step back and recognize like this isn't who I am this isn't what I want and change those things it's even more difficult when you have someone telling you to do that right so once we're told something like hey don't eat these cupcakes then you're like, oh fuck, I really want a cupcake. <laughs> the same kind of thing with, with your mental health. It's like, you know, hey, you have depression, you really should get that checked out. Then that's the last fucking thing that you want to do is get your depression checked out, right? I completely understand that, not only as a as a social worker, as a psychologist, but as, as a human. So I'm always going to be that person that's there to lean on when... Well, let's be honest. Before, during, and after you realize, "Oh shit, I need to fix this thing," or "Oh shit, I need to change this thing." Um because I can't make you independent. I can't make you better. But I can sure as hell hold you up by your freaking tippy toes if I need to to, you know, encourage you to get there. So, I think that's what Jesus would do, and that's that's what I want to do that's that's how i construct my life because i'm I'm just like jesus briefly i want to touch on um the the last topic here is actually pick a random topic to discuss and so i just have like a a list of ideas that people can choose from so from like feminism to mental illness to free will to spirituality versus religion those sort of things just so like people can just have like a discussion portion like i said earlier i kind of just want to touch on the idea of homosexuality for a second which is basically just going to dig me deeper into the heathen area of things i guess first of all i don't think that homosexuality is a sin secondly i think that evolution is real um so let's let's start there so I absolutely believe that there had to be two beings that had full consciousness and language and connection with God. Um, Maybe those first two people were Adam and Eve. I don't know. I didn't live that long ago. I don't actually know what's real and what's not because I wasn't there. Speaking as such, because I believe in evolution, I also believe that there are legitimate scientific reasons for homosexuality. which. Uh, actually, was something that I covered in a psychology course my senior year of college. But note that this was also a psychology course where we played hide-and-seek for an hour as college seniors. So, take that with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> but we, we talked a lot about the biology that, that coincides with psychology, right? So, obviously, psychology has a lot to do with the brain so knowing more about the biology of the brain and how the brain formed and what the brain does helps to guide us to find solutions for the shit that the brain does wrong or that the brain has issues with the one thing that i had in this class that really stuck with me oh besides the one time i gave a presentation and i called an ied as like the explosive device an iud which is like a birth control mechanism Um, So other than that horrible social anxiety moment that sticks with me for, you know, the rest of time, the other thing that really stuck with me (laughs) from that class was the idea that homosexuality is a really viable resource for population control. Basically, it stands to reason that if there are people that literally are built to not have babies, that it's pretty easy to control the population. That's probably not the way that the world has worked as of late because people who are homosexual have kind of been trapped in this idea that they need to be certain people and they need to live certain lives so they will marry somebody and have kids and be miserable their entire lives just to meet a social standard. They end up having kids anyway because They were forced into it, kind of. If you think about it, you know, the planet only has so many resources, and as we see, we're kind of running those dry, but we know that the population is an issue, right? So there's, let's say, four people dying every day, but there are six people being born. So we're just, we're gonna have to start living in boats. I don't know. Anyway, if you think about it logically, the best option. For people to not have babies is, one, to not want babies. I have plenty of friends that don't want babies. Two, to be infertile, so not actually be able to have babies. Or three, to be infertile because you like someone of the same sex so that you literally cannot make babies. If you think about what Christians believe as, you know, quote-unquote, holy marriage, right, The, the actual marriage, real marriage, whatever, it's a man and a woman. The same idea you get with um, masturbation. Let's let's just cover every fucking awkward topic in the entire world, HL. Let's do it. So you're not allowed to masturbate because you're waste. Okay, let's be clear. If you are a man, you are not allowed to masturbate because uh, when you do, you are wasting thousands upon thousands of possible Christians, right? A.K.A. sperm. If you are a woman. Uh, they don't care. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you get what I'm saying though. I mean, the, the woman orgasm really doesn't do anything for reproduction. So <laughs> there's so much science in this right now. Such, such hard fact. The, the, the same idea, right? That you're wasting a bunch of Christian lives. If you, you're wasting a bunch of possible Christian lives. If you, are not married to a woman and actively trying to have children because every child that you birth could possibly be a Christian and therefore grow the Christian faith and be saved and, you know, be with other people who need to be saved and save other people and guide other people to Jesus and blah, 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 blah. So basically the, the whole idea around a man and a woman being together in marriage and that being the actual real life definition of marriage is just because people who adhere to the religious standard want more people who adhere to the religious standard and let's i don't want to get too deep into the bureaucracy of that but ultimately if you think about sustaining your power right so if if we believe that we are a world run by christians the best way for the Christian world to keep running and to be maintained by the same kind of people is to make more people of the same ideas. That sounds a little cultish because it's a little cultish. So the the best way to get people who are similar, to get people who practice the same things who think the same way is to one you know write a giant book that tells them that they're wrong if they don't and then two be sure that they adhere to those things so you know tell them that they're wrong and they're horrible and they're what have you if they don't adhere to what the rules say um so you know being gay is against the rules because you're wasting christian lives possible christian lives um you know, masturbating is against the rule because you're wasting possible christian lives you are wasting the ability for people in power to maintain their power so i don't this is the other thing that gets me too is that people tend to think that there's a gay agenda which i think is probably the funniest thing i've ever heard because the only agenda that the gay community has is to be equal um which was the african-american agenda you know 50 years ago 50 years ago this week martin luther king was shot and killed and i mean how many trans people this year have been killed for just being who they are i was listening to npr this week what's new And it was an excerpt on Martin Luther King Jr., Um, you know, people that had lived life with him, people that had been around him, people that had written books about him. I literally don't remember who was speaking, so I would tell you if I knew. But um, this, this man was talking about how Martin Luther King Jr. said at one point, maybe this just isn't the right country for what we're doing. And that idea stuck with me pretty hard is that like, Maybe America isn't the right place to be looking for equality. Maybe America isn't the right place to be looking for justice. Maybe America isn't the right place to be looking for people being treated fairly and loved and accepted for exactly who they are. And the gay community has pride in the sort, so, you know, we get to to do marches and all that nonsense. But literally, the the idea is basically the exact same Um, rights and I don't understand how that's an agenda because having rights is God-given and not people-given. It actually just doesn't make very much sense to me that people like to think that they can tell people who they are or what they are or who they should be or what they should be because those are God-given entities. God gets to decide who you are, God gets to decide how much he loves you, and it's endless all the time so that's that's my random topic of discussion was homosexuality um i know that was a little bit of rambling but that was my one stream of consciousness moment of the day everything else i had kind of notes on so as you can tell there was hopefully less umming and you know hopefully more structured thoughts (laughs) soon i'm going to have um, a couple dear friends on i have a couple peeps that are GTG to to join me on the podcast which is going to be a lot of fun. So, I apologize in advance for having to record people because it's not going to be fantastic quality because I'm not a goddamn professional and this microphone cost me like 30 bucks. So, you're just going to have to deal with the fact that that is exactly what it is. And yeah, I think I think that's what I have for today. So, thank you for listening. Rate, comment, subscribe, stupid shit. Tell me if you want to participate. Shoot me an email at justlikejesus23 at gmail.com. Drop a DM up in this bitch. Tell me how annoying and awful I am. I literally don't have the self-confidence to run a podcast. I don't know why I've decided that I need to do this, but I've gotten pretty good feedback from the people that have listened to the first episode already, so Lord willing, this is not something that's totally going to destroy me as a human, so <laughs> I hope you guys have a lovely weekend, and um, I have a pretty cool event that's happening tomorrow that I'll probably podcast about later on, but uh, for now, that's that's what I have, so this is HL signing off, love you, have a great day, goodbye!